Father, this morning we come to you, Lord. We know, Father, you are not constrained by anything, Lord. You are not constrained by anything. And I pray, Father, the word of God will go. It is not bound by time. I could speak here in the morning. Somebody could hear it in the evening. Tomorrow, one week from now, the word of God never loses its power, Lord. It's not bound by time or space or age, anything that is of man. So I pray, Father, that you will speak to us. Every time we come behind the pulpit, the word of man will fall to the ground. The word of God will always go forth. and It will always bring forth life, Lord. That's what you have spoken. It will not grow back, go back, come back void. It will not be empty. It will bring back life. So to that end, Lord, surrender the word of God into thy hands. Speak to us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. So we continue tomorrow like, you know, we are not creating a mahol about May 31st, okay? Uh, it's, it's just another day. You don't have to wait till for May 31st what can happen on May 30th. <laughs> God is not constrained. After the day of Pentecost, 2000, less than 2000 years ago, nobody really had to wait unless there were issues to be settled in their lives. So, uh, Sammy, just see the recording is clear. Okay, the audio. And as soon as this is over, you just go over to LTD or whichever place internet is there and upload it. Okay, so that's the only thing we need to be careful. So we see that our issue is, if you were to go to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, we'll begin from there. Okay, Acts 1 and verse 8. 1, 8. Oh, wow, the font is so fantastic. I need a telescope. Okay, so rather an electron microscope. He says, when the Holy Spirit comes, what will you receive? He said, you will receive power. Oh boy, if it was just power, we would be all just so happy. Right? When power comes, see, that's what happened to a lot of us in the Christendom. We got carried away with Acts 1.8. With that one word over there, which is power, because it does not matter if it is power, whether it is hydroelectric power or thermal power or even nuclear power, we can control it. But the problem is, it's a person. And the person happens to be God. We looked at that a couple of days back, equal with God. Again, the problem is, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, unlike the Father and the Son, Throughout the Bible, so many symbols are given. And sometimes with our finite mind, symbols can be very, very misleading. It can be fire, it can be dew, it can be oil, it can be rain, it can be dough. I want uh, the people behind the screen just finish that off. Because actually, I have not even one person looking at me. So we see with the instruments, it's difficult to preach to thin air. Okay? I know virtually people will watch, but people who are physically present also just settle with the system and uh, uh, don't worry about the internet. It will come when it will come. And uh, okay, because the Holy Spirit is put across as fire, dew, oil, rain, uh, 
No. Wind. Whisper. Dove. But these are all symbols. These are all symbols. We are trying to explain to us with our very, very finite minds the work that God does. But if you look, look through scripture, everything that God has ever done through his son, he has done it by his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is what matters in this. You know, not the Father and the Son does not matter. But we need to be incredibly sensitive and careful about the Holy Spirit. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it's, uh, and verse 4, we will see that there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Okay, now we read from 7 to 11 and then 27 to 31. 7 to 11. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So it's a manifestation of the Spirit, the gifts. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, through the, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the workings of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretations of tongues, and then to one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now if you go to verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed in these church, okay, in the, in the church. Again, the working of the Holy Spirit. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. Now you'll worry about what happened to the other two, right? Because evangelists and pastors and teachers, they all teach. They all teach. Okay, this common between these three. They all should be teaching. The other two, it is different. Their offices, working of their offices is different. Apostles' office is different. It's setting up something. But prophetic is in, in correction. But the other three are primarily their ministry is to teach. After that, miracles, gifts of healings, health, administrations, variety of tongues are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, and then says, honestly decide the best gifts. And yet I will show you more excellent ways. Primarily you will see, whatever, and we are just not talking about gifts today. We will see, one of the first things we have to see as believers that every activity in Christendom, every activity under Christendom, comes under one of those gifts. Every activity comes under one of those gifts. Meaning it's just a gift. Nobody earned it. You can improve on that gift, but it is a gift. Nobody earned it. Every activity, outside activity, under Christendom, in the church, is a gift. I mean, you can work without a gift, you can work with a gift. If you work with a gift, it's the Holy Spirit. If it's working without a gift, you are struggling. But it's a gift. It says eagerly desire gifts. But the problem here is not with the gift. But the Holy Spirit is a person. And he's not so much interested in the gifts, though he gave gifts. He's interested, because he's a person, he's interested in you and me as person. And what he's interested in the person is conforming us to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. And all that we do 
through preaching is to paint the picture of Christ so that we understand what is the picture to which we have to conform. Unless we know it, we do not even know what is that we have to conform to. And to that work of the Holy Spirit, we need to surrender and not fight as he tries to change. Because we don't fight a gift, because we love gifts. <laughs> we fight for gifts. <laughs> we fight for gifts. But we fight the Holy Spirit with his actual work. Please remember, therefore, religion and faith are not the same. Faith unto faith unto faith unto faith is primarily conforming us to the image of Jesus Christ. Like I was telling in the Nepali meeting yesterday, in the old covenant we have acts of faith, unbelievable acts of faith. In the new covenant we are called to a life of faith. It's not an act of faith or acts of faith. God is not even satisfied with acts of faith in the new covenant. He says, I want you to have a life of faith. That is the life in the Holy Spirit. Please remember that when Stephen spoke to that incredibly religious crowd of the Old Testament, the Sanhedrin, in Acts chapter 7, and verse 51, this is what he was talking about. 7.51 You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in hearts and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. So do you. One of the indictments the Holy Spirit makes through Stephen to the religious leadership is that he always resists the Holy Spirit. And the history of Israel is the history of religion. How they resisted the Holy Spirit. How they resisted the Holy Spirit. Okay, It's a religion, true religion. There are false religions and true religion. And Judaism is a true religion which through which we understand the knowledge of God. But they always accepted the religion, improved on religion, but resisted the Holy Spirit. Meaning if God gives one law, they will make 500 subsections out of it. They resist the Holy Spirit. And if you look at the church in 2000 years, that's exactly we have replicated Israel in so many ways. No, we resist the Holy Spirit. The question is, can he lead us or do we resist him? Can he change us or we are just fighting our gifts and fight actually the Holy Spirit? That we get so caught up with work that we forget transformation. And transformation is what the Holy Spirit is interested. And the person of who God is, we know from scripture, is revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. God's nature, character, is so much, no? Now, we will get into today's message. His character as it is revealed in heaven, because they don't live by faith, they live by sight. And his character that is revealed on earth, where he is hidden himself from us, because God says God lives in unapproachable darkness, okay? Unapproachable light. So his manifestation in heaven and manifestation on earth are different. His manifestation in heaven primarily is his holiness. So they cover themselves and they cry out, holy, 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 holy. But on earth you don't see anybody crying out, holy, 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 because it's hidden. Hidden. 
So his primary manifestation to us, fallen humanity, we know in John 3.16, his primary manifestation is for God so loved the world. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Meaning, he does not manifest to us primarily as holy. He manifests to us as loving. That everything that he does with us is because he is loving. Because he is loving. Even his judgments are because he is loving. And we find it difficult. People who listen may be finding it very, very difficult that what God does in judgment also is... Just imagine I have five children. I have five children. Then imagine they are all small. One of them has COVID-19. What do I do with that one which has? Keep them with the rest or isolate him? And do I isolate him because I love him and the others or because I'm angry with him? That's what God does. <laughs> Ultimately, he has to take all the unrepentant sinners and isolate them from himself. Because he loves. But he gives us an incredible amount of time for them to change. But when he does it, okay, and even if that one child is dying and wants to be with the others, the parent doesn't do it. Because he knows this will destroy the others. So even judgment of a holy God is motivated because he loves. And unless we see it that way, we will not understand what God is trying to work in us. That's why the last time when I preached, I said, the baptism of the Holy Spirit should not be confused with gifts. The baptism of the Holy Spirit should be seen as how we are being transformed in the image of God. Otherwise, God is not able to lead us. He's not able to change us. So we struggle with God. We prefer our um, ideas, abstracts, discussions of who God is. We thought allowing God the person to tackle with us. So we like truth as an abstract and not truth as a person. Because with a person, you have to deal with a person. You don't have to deal with an idea. You can put it away and like polish it nicely and keep it and say, Oh, I love this idea about truth. So you can experiment with it. But if it is God, you have to live with it. Truth is a person. And Jesus said, I am the truth. Okay. You can debate about ways, but what happens when God comes and says, I am the way. I am the light. Oh, it's light is an idea. It's good. This light is brighter. This is... No, we can... Different lights are over here. So we can make a cover. What comes? God says, I am the light. How do you deal with light as a person? And in him there is no darkness. And then how do you deal with the idea? Not an idea. God is love. So we saw last week, not last week, a couple of days back, human love fails. There is eros, there is philia, there is storgate, all fails. But God's love, because it is God is love and it is God's love, it simply cannot fail. Because God cannot fail. If you know, there's only twice it uses in the Bible that God does not fail and love does not fail. And Paul calls it the most excellent way. And the truth of it is, outside of the Holy Spirit, we cannot even have it. You cannot... 
Everything that is about God's love, you may have traces of it in the other one, but it is still not genuine. Because if it is true, Eros will not fail. If it is true, Storge will not fail. If it is true, if Philia is true, Philia will never fail. But we know in human history, all this has failed. The only thing that does not fail is agape, the love of God. And about the love of God, you don't even have to manufacture it. You just have to abide in the Holy Spirit because it is called the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And it is a result of abiding in Christ. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 to 3 so that we can shake ourselves up. You know, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. Imagine somebody, you know, we talk about people who can preach in seven languages. Oh, boy, what reach his ministry will have, right? Fifteen languages he can preach, well-versed. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels too, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing and nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but not have love, it profits me nothing. Imagine sacrifice and give my body to be burned. You need to realize why this is saying is that because in every religion, including Christianity and Judaism, there have been martyrs without love. And given sacrificially, a communist, you have to see his sacrifice for his ideology. I've seen, met them in Kerala, given up everything for their ideology. But they will also kill the one who opposes them. Okay, so we have to be very, very careful because this is there in every ideology, every religion. Sacrifice is there and sacrificially given martyrdom is there in everything. But have not love. It profits me nothing. Okay, because these are things which are common in ideologies and religions. What is not there in any religion and no ideology is agape. Because you simply cannot have it first without being born again, second without being baptized in the Holy Spirit or without allowing the Holy Spirit to manifest it. So marital love will fail, family love will fail, friendship will fail. God's love never fails. Then we go to verse 4 to 8, and it describes to us what it is and what it is not. If I'm right, there are 16 qualities of love in the Bible. Could be more. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed off. Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. Love thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. Love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And verse 8, love does not fail. Love never fails. So it describes to us what it is and what it is not. And the first thing it mentions in verse 4 is, love suffers long. Another word that is used is love is patient. Love is interchangeably used. Okay, Love suffers long, 
Not that it suffers long, because you can have that in the human level, suffering long and being very unkind. Because you have no, you have, you have no, uh, no, like prisoners have to suffer. <laughs> if you are sent in for 25 years, you have to suffer. And you can be the most nasty, miserable, you know. Like 10 years of famine, Naomi withstood. She was not kind. Not kind. So we have to look at both. We have to look at both consistently. Then only it is of God. Because everyone suffers. Whether you are rich, poor, young, old, irrespective of your age, class, social status, suffering is a part of life. That's why it is also, it's also translated as patience. Patience. Okay, you have to endure certain things patiently. But the question is, are you kind through it all? Because this is one of the primary, why is it put first? Because this is one of the primary facet of God's love is nature towards us. Meaning he puts up with us every second of the day. And he's still kind. And he's still kind. Can you imagine if God does not sleep, but imagine he sleeps and wakes up unkind? <laughs> what would be our state? Why does he put up with us? So patient with us. Peter puts it up so well, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 8 to 9. You know? Why? Beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but His long-suffering toward us, not willing that one should perish, but that one should come to repentance. You know what he's talking about? Because patience is always connected with time. Connected with time. God can look at one day like a thousand years. One day like a thousand years. That's the nature of his patience. Now, we have lost internet for a day. A day. And we are impatient. So I said, relax, chill. Just see that the recording is fine. It's okay. Internet is a modern feature. You know the first uh, mobile phone cost $4,000, weighed two, uh, two uh, pounds, and it took 10 hours to charge for 30 minutes of talk time? Off the cuff, what I had read. Can you imagine charging something for 30 minutes, uh, 10 hours, and after that you can only for... It stopped for 10 minutes, 30 minutes, and then the charge is over. And people were excited. And today, battery gone, dispose, get the next one. Now, when I grew up in that mountain country, let me tell you, if you missed your bus, you were okay, because the next bus was only next week. Today, if you miss your green light, you know, we do not realize time and modernization is changing us as people. As people. And that should not get into us as people. 
<laughs> I read this incredible story sometime back about this guy who at the traffic light, his car conks off. <laughs> what can you do? Okay. And, and, uh, he, the fellow behind him is honking, 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 honking. Okay. Finally, he <laughs> gets off the car, goes to the villa at the back and says that, sir, if you could please go and start my car, I would sit in a car and honk for you. <laughs> Why is God so patient? Because he doesn't want anybody to perish. Anybody to perish. It's because of the patience of God, the long-suffering of God, and the kindness of God, we will, we will not perish. It's the kindness of God that brings people to repentance. And why is he kind? Because he's long-suffering. He can't be short-suffering and be kind. Long-suffering and kind. Okay? Long-suffering and kind. Okay? Sometimes we need to be patient. Like when my ma, no? When my wife comes to my office, one of the things I usually these days is, because you see there was a little lizard. Lizards are there. I know you guys don't like lizards. A little lizard, a little fellow. So I was trying to chase him off out of the house. Not kill him, chase him off. So the little fellow panicked and, you know, he flipped his half his tail off. That's his thing, no? Flip this tail up. <laughs> After that, what has happened is that I see him. And I see this, you're a resilient guy. So I leave him alone. Today also I got late because I'm trying to get him out of the bathroom. Because I don't want to kill him. So everything, every day when I see Ma suddenly coming in, I says, okay, hello, don't you come out? Because I know what she will do. She'll take this flip-flops, slipper and try to kill him. And okay, I said, you just get up, get up, get up, okay? Let her not see you because you will die. <laughs> no, I can live with you. I can tolerate with you. Okay? I am okay with you. I know. So I always see him around, around. I said, okay, you're still around. Okay, I haven't grown yet. You're fine. Okay, I'll leave you alone because I like resilient fellows. So today I get in for my shower. He's right over there. So I'm trying to get him out and get him out and get him because he's a tiny little fellow. Okay. And uh, because patience matters, right? You don't have to kill a lizard. It doesn't harm you. Cockroaches, I understand. Lizards? Okay, First Thessalonians chapter five fourteen. <laughs> now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly. There are a lot of unruly people. Warn them, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. Patient with all. Why? Because God is patient with the unruly, with the faint-hearted, with the weak. He's patient with everybody. So God says, be patient with everybody. God, the incredible patience of God, okay, is unbelievable. When Jesus walked on earth, it's funny, right? He picks up the most unpredictable, <laughs> bumbling, unrefined, carnal men. You could pick a motley crowd of twelve. Not one learned scholar among any one of them. And was unbelievably patient with all of them. 
to the point on his last day, they all quit and ran. But he never lost his patience with any one of them. Even Judas, until Judas chose to leave and betray Jesus, Jesus put up with him too and was kind to him too. He never compromised on truth, yet he showed unlimited patience with them. And we need to say, Lord, I want that patience. That kind of patience I want. Apostle Paul understood this. We always think about Apostle Paul as being maybe this very impatient, zealous man. He was one of the most patient men. Listen to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. This is the faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. <coughs> Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. However, for this reason I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus might show all long-suffering. <coughs> he says, compared to all the other people, God didn't have to be so patient. But with me, he says, he had to show a lot of patience. Because if there was anybody so difficult to save, it was me. If there was anybody so difficult to transform, it was me. As a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. You know what he's talking about? If you want to look at a person as an object of God's incredible long-suffering, not success, of refinement, not of long-suffering, he says, I am one of that. Incredible long-suffering. And one of our major issues in life is that we do not see ourselves as we truly are in God's sight. Then we would have a lot of patience. Usually we are very patient with ourselves. Do you know that? Impatient with others. But if you really, really had to see how God is incredibly patient with us, it would change our perspective. Look at Romans 5, 15 and verse 7. Yeah, chapter 15 and verse 7. Therefore, receive one another, just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. What is he saying? How does God receive us patiently? He doesn't say, oh, boy, that guy has woken up again. <laughs> now, he's going to test my patience through this day. I hope he had left. Uh, slept a little longer, would have given me more patience. Accept one another as Christ received us. Receive one another as Christ received us. Accept one another. Why don't we get along with one another? It's because primary reason is patience. Why is God able to get along with all of us? Because he's incredibly patient with us. <clears throat> I want you to go to NIV. Okay, NIV brings it out. This facet of God beautifully. Proverbs 19.11 and 14.21. 29.19.11 and 14.29. A man's wisdom gives him patience. We like all other parts of wisdom, right? <laughs> a wise man is a patient man. Um, God is wisdom. So he is Patient. A man's wisdom gives him patience. It's his glory to overlook an offense. 
A patient man has great understanding. Now that's not what we, what we associate understanding and wisdom with, right? Oh, Solomon was wise. How much patience did Solomon have? We don't know. That's why Corinthians 13, 1 to 3 is not what is not important. 4 to 8 is what is important. Albert Einstein should have, could have understood the mysteries of science, but I really would like to meet his wife. You know, yesterday we had a eology, the memorial service of uh, Rebbe Zach, no? Like, because we are all in ministry, we are not fascinated by the other side of ministry. I was fascinated by the snippets, what his daughter told about him. His incredible love for his grandchildren. And those snippets with the ordinary people he met on the streets. Those are things that matter to me, not his preaching. Because we who preach, we know what preaching is. You know? Those things are really what matters. That private part of Ravi Zak as a family and his children, his daughter, his colleagues. No, Jesus had this incredible, incredible patience. Therefore, he understood them. Now connect understanding with patience. If you have patience, you will understand people. If you don't have patience, you will not. I don't want to know the mysteries of the universe. I want to know people. Mystery of the universe in a twinkling of an eye, we will understand. <laughs> but we will still take all of eternity to understand God and one another. That is not going to be known like that. And Jesus had incredible patience. So he understood each of his disciples and dealt with them accordingly. And we who are parents, we know each one of our children are unique and different. They're not the same. (laughs) They may come from the same womb. But they are different. Even identical twins are different. So are sheep. So it takes patience to know them. And every relationship, even with your pets, it could be even a lizard, are based on understanding. I tell you, you can have two lizards in the house. How you deal with them, one flees, the other walks around you. Because one knows he's no longer dangerous to me. The other knows I better flee. One will be fed. Pick an insect which comes before the rains. You can feed it. The other, because you dealt with it differently, because you found him when he was big and fat, runs from you. The other, because you found it when he was small and fragile and you coaxed him and fed him, deals with you differently. All relationships are based on understanding. So God says, love is patient. It's long-suffering. Imagine 12 people 
among multitudes, answered the call of Christ, left everything to follow him, and he loved them. Like I said, remember, John's gospel is so unique. By chapter 6, the disciples have left. <laughs> By chapter 7, we already see the conflict in the family. The brothers are trying to pull a fast one on him. And by the time you reach chapter 13, Judas also leaves. But do you know how 13 begins? Chapter 13, verse 1. Before Judas left. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew his hour had come, that he would depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And love is? Long-suffering. Patient and kind, meaning till the very end, these twelve who were with him, he was kind. He was so kind with Judas that the other disciples had no clue what he was dealing with them. Here, now go too quickly. Too quickly. Now substitute over there. He loved his own who were in the world. He loved them to the end. He was patient and kind to them to the very end. Then only we'll understand. Because loved is a very common term. Very common term. You have to take that First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to 8, and start putting it over there in how Jesus dealt with people and realize this is exactly what the Holy Spirit wants to make us into. Imagine, because of the greatest job ever entrusted on the shoulders of a man, ever, that is Jesus Christ, okay? And you have picked up 12 guys. You have invested everything into them. Everything you have, you have invested in them. And one of them is going to sell out. And 11 have no clue even what is happening. Yet he stuck with them. And never gave up on any one of them. Even after resurrection, they went fishing. <laughs> and he's still patient with them. Friends, we would lose our temper. <laughs> what a waste of time, energy, resources. So I'm gonna pick another twelve. <laughs> And start all over again. No. This is unbelievably patient with them. You know, because that's what love is. Because sometimes we forget what love is all about. It's all about relationships. That's what I was talking about yesterday's memorial. I was looking at that, not the speeches. I was looking at the snippets of a man who lived before us in public and what he was with people. Behind it. That's what really matters. That's how you differentiate the gift and the person. The crowds are fascinated by Jesus' gifts. The disciples were willing to die for him because of who he was to them. You have to accept that. They all said we will go and die with him. Patience is the only way we will understand one another. 
God is incredibly patient. Love is incredibly patient or long-suffering. And we do not realize the greatest need, one of the greatest need in life is to be understood. You know what's the cry of everybody, especially children when they are growing up? Nobody understands me. (laughs) Nobody understands what I am going through. God says, I do. Do you know why God understands us? Because he's unbelievably patient. Unbelievably patient. Hey Cain, why are you angry? Why are you angry? Because God knows behind anger is hurt, a wound, and behind wound is misunderstanding. That's how it's usually is. There is anger. Behind anger there is hurt or wound. And behind the wound there is misunderstanding. So Genesis chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. God is incredibly patient with him. And is talking to him. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? Meaning, look son, I know you're angry. I know you're upset. Because yours was not received. Look, there is a misunderstanding here. I'm not a respecter of persons. I love you the way I love your brother. It's not that I love you less and I love him more. There's no room for misunderstanding. If you do well, you will be accepted. I haven't rejected you, the person. I have only rejected your offering. You are still loved. You're still loved. You're still loved. That's why I like the NIV translations where patience is connected with both wisdom and uh, understanding. So patience, patience, patience is a virtue. And we need to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, I will read to one of the funniest stories I ever read. One of them connected with patience again. Okay? Keep turning. I don't know how to take pictures, so don't keep turning on me. Okay. This is about a kindergarten teacher. If you have ever been with them, kindergarten teacher, students, you will need the patience of God. If you can manage order in a kindergarten class, you are divine. This is in US, of course, cold country, okay? And this kindergarten kid, little fellow, has to put his boots on, winter, okay? Boots on. So, this teacher, poor teacher, he has to take his shoes off because it is the wrong boot in. She pulled and he pushed and the boots were still, didn't want to go in, okay? When the second boot was finally on, she had worked up a sweat. She almost whimpered when the little boy said, Teacher, they are on the wrong foot. (laughs) She looked sure and they were. It wasn't any easier to pulling the boots off than it was putting them on. She managed to keep her cool together and as she worked to get the boots back on, this time, (laughs) 
when one boot was in, the little boy announced, this is not my boot. <laughs> she bit her tongue. Okay, rather than get right in his face and scream, why did you say so? Once again, she struggled to pull the ill-fitting boot off. Once the boots were off, the boy said, well, the boots are in mine. They are my brothers. <laughs> the teacher did not know whether she would laugh or cry. <laughs> she mustered up her grace to put the boot off and on again the third time. When he said, it is not my boot, he did not mean it is not one of the other students. He meant, well, it is my brother's boot, but I am the one who wore it. Now, when they put it off the third Time she put in, now she had to put his mittens, his gloves in. So she now said, now where is your bit, bit, mittens? And the little boy said, I stuffed them in the boot. <laughs> now she has to take the boots out again the fourth time, pull out the mittens and put it back again. So, you know why God gave us children? Those of us who are parents, so that we will learn. Patience. We will learn patience. You know why God is the most patient individual in the whole universe? Because he's got a lot of children for 6,000 years. Patience. Going through patience with events which are beyond our control. Patience with things. We are talking about patience with things. Patience with events which are beyond control. These are all important, are all different. God is not talking about that. God is talking about patience with people. <laughs> with people. Patience with people. No, we get irritated with our bikes when they don't start and cars. These are all patience with things. Or with events which are beyond our control. God is talking about patience with people. And every letter in the new covenant, almost if you go through every letter, the Bible will remind us about this. We saw in Romans 1 Corinthians 13, 4, we say love is patient. Now turn with me to Galatians 5 and 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and long-suffering. Long-suffering. Suffers long. Galatians 3.12. Sorry, Colossians 3.12. Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on Tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. Ephesians 4.2 With lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. This is all talking to the church. Colossians 1.11 Remember, this long-suffering, this patience comes only from God, from the Holy Spirit. Strengthened with all might. Might of who? The Holy Spirit. According to His glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. He says this is the result of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
Every day you go, you look at your impatience, you look at your unkindness, and you go to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, fill me. This is not what I am supposed to be. Like we are hearing about the character of God. Everything, tap, 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 points we hear. And then we look at it and says, who is sufficient unto these things? And God says, I am. You can't. You can't be this without me. And that's what the Bible is talking about. Okay? Because this is, and we need to realize it's with people we need patience. It's with people we need patience. If you have money, if your bike doesn't start, you to give it to somebody and buy another one. But you cannot sell your child. <laughs> and buy another one. The next one, may have been, you may need more patience with the next one. Please understand this. Okay? This is something which we need to understand. There is Oxford, there is Cambridge, there is Harvard, there is Princeton, there is Yale, there is all these places. But 99.9% of the world will never go through the doors of these institutions. And then there are the government schools. The people who go through these institutions. You should sit for a few hours, like me, when you miss your train, train is late in Howrah station. What you see is one of the largest stations in India, 23, 24 platforms. It's a mass of humanity. And they don't speak English. Most of them haven't gone to convent schools or anything. They don't have charm, they don't have etiquette. But the fact of the matter is God loves them. And they are the ones who actually get saved. And this is what missions is. You go on missions, you realize they don't speak English. You visit their homes. Homes, I didn't say houses, homes. Because homes are not connected with the structure. Most of the time, they don't have chairs. So you sit on the floor with them. If you ask for a restroom, Usually, they will point you to the nearest tree. <laughs> a lot of places where you go, you want to answer nature's call, you better go early morning when it's still dark. You get fellowship in the dark. All the others will be around you. <laughs> because there is no place. No other place. I'm telling you the truth about it. In many of the areas in India where you go, Okay, But these are the ones who come in their hundreds with the kingdom of God. Like I said, they do not have what we call we city-bred educated ones call culture, etiquette. No. But they really love the Lord in their simplicity. One of the things you will need is that you will need a lot of patience with them. Patience with them. You have to read John 1.14 differently. And the word became flesh, dwelt among us. Who became flesh? It's perfect God. Living in perfection. Everything in the kingdom of God where he dwells is absolutely. 
absolute perfection. They are all the angels. Perfectly loving. Perfectly efficient. There's nothing out of place. Okay. Nothing out of place there. Absolutely nothing out of place in heaven. Nothing out of place. The signal here also has gone. Okay. Nothing out of place. This God, this God comes in the flesh. And he dwells with us for 33 plus years. Can you imagine? I mean, I want to put it like this. like no, Not even a hair of the angel in heaven is out of place. That's how perfect they are. <laughs> Everything. You want to, you want to be, you want to know what perfection is? We will know what heaven is like one day when we reach there. And he comes down among us. Not even in today's world. Two thousand years ago. And he puts up with us. Puts up with us. And you know at the end of the ministry of Jesus Christ, honestly, if you want to look at human terms, he was the most unsuccessful person then. Not one person did actually change. Moses could say, I have Joshua and Caleb. Elijah could say, I have an Elisha. Jesus had nobody. Everybody left. <laughs> they all ran. Not one guy truly changed. Not one guy. He was perfect. His obedience was perfect. His prayer life was out of this world. But if you read the scriptures, you will never see one of the disciples praying with him. How do you put up with the disciples like that? Teach us to pray. Okay, he taught them. Do you see them praying with him? No. He wakes up in the morning. Nobody wakes up. Nobody goes. If you look at Jesus and his disciples and the people around him, then we understand love suffers long and is kind. Are we getting the picture? Jesus was perfect. But he was not a perfectionist. He was perfect. But he was not a perfectionist. He was incredibly patient. Because love is, suffers long and is kind. It is interesting if you look at the Greek word, which is translated there as long-suffering or patience, which also means it has a high boiling point. And I thought that was cute. <laughs> God's love has a high boiling point. Or other words which you understand, long fuse. Our love has short fuse and a very long boiling point. Even Water boils at 100 degrees. We, 5 degrees, 10 degrees, we've started boiling. Long boiling point. Are we getting the picture of it? God is trying to say. I like that because some of these translations of, I mean, the original words from which we get our words have, like there is a Samoa. Not somehow. One of the Pacific Islands, the missionary who went there and is trying to preach the gospel and he is trying to translate the Bible in their language and he is not able to get the word for faith. And he's got a hammock or a chair or something. So one of the tribals over there comes and he has learned the language and comes and says, ah, 
I can rest my whole weight on it and it's got it. Yes, that's the word for faith in their language. That's the word. Spirit told him, that's the word. And you know, it's fantastic. What is faith? You rest your entire weight on God. Absolute weight on God. Now you tell me which is the best translation. <laughs> I thought that was a fantastic translation. Love is patient. God has a high boiling point. <laughs> what a translation. So love has a high boiling point. The love of God, not man's. Okay, so we, things we forget is that God understands and we need to understand through the point of view of God that we are all absolutely uniquely made. There are no two thumbprints which are similar. What is this thumbprint, iris scan and all? Because can you imagine? Six billion people on earth, no two iris is the same. No two thumbprints. And then take all of humanity from Adam down to the... No two are the same. We are all different. We are all made unique. Our personalities are different. Our experiences are different. Our motivations are different. You can motivate one child with ice cream and the second fellow is not interested in ice cream at all and you realize it does not work with him. You have to find something to motivate the second fellow and you suddenly realize he likes toy cars. Like, when I had to take my daughter for an injection, it was a terror for the father. You need three people to hold her down for an injection. How could I bribe her? Bobby. Hated Barbies, but one way you could get her is that, okay, promise, no promise, okay. <laughs> Went with her, got her a Barbie. Other fellow, no. No problem. Will you please allow me your mobile to play for five minutes? Yeah, hear it. No problem. He's not even bothered about it. With one hand, playing a game. Injection is over. Give it. Now you said five minutes. She took it fast. Five minutes is not over yet. Barbie won't work with it. We need to understand we are all different. And we are not motivated the same way. Motivated the same way. We are unique. Our personalities are different. Our experiences are different. Our motivations are different. And our attributes, talents, or gifts are also different. That's why we don't find even two people who are the same. Not even two Identical twins are not the same. That's why when God begins his exposition of what true love, his love is, he says, love suffers long. He didn't say love is a warm, fuzzy feeling. That's what we think it is. God didn't say love is a warm, fuzzy feeling. He didn't say this love suffers long. And he's kind. He's kind. He's patient. Why? Because we are all different. I get to the point. What does it mean? Because we are all different, it gives room for a lot of misunderstanding. We were all identical. We will understand each other very well. 
husbands don't even understand their wives it takes years to understand them it takes time on one day nobody understands and people think they have fallen out of love god says you haven't fallen out of love you're just getting to know each other please you're confusing that warm fuzzy feeling with love it is not love it was just a feeling get to know each other get to know each other love is patient so bible is trying to put a huge protective wall around relationships because ultimately the only thing that matters is relationships relationships no all the people who are revisac can go back youtube and keep listening to his messages they will listen to his messages and forget the person but not his family family is not listening to his messages they are missing the person the close ones are missing the person because we are all different there's a lot of room for misunderstanding that's where romans 15:7 where we say it says receive accept one another as christ has receive one another as christ also received us did he receive us when we were perfect no when we were total wrecks he accepted us and he says i'm patient with you i'll change you the spirit will change you little by little by little by or some people faster depending upon how it is but i'll change you all i'll say should surrender to my spirit i will change you all accept one another and that was jesus that was jesus in john chapter 3 you know you don't have to go there he is patient with nicodemus and says hey come on you are a theologian but i'll bring it down to at kindergarten level you need to be born again you don't understand chapter 4 he's talking about worship what a switch a switch from nicodemus expert of the law ruler of the synagogue member of the sanhedrin flipping over to practically semi literate loose samaritan woman patient with both of them we would prefer nicodemus after all he is from oxford and i am from cambridge we can actually talk the same language not jesus not jesus you could talk to nicodemus and you could talk to that woman you know what you need for conversation you don't need intellect you need patience thought you need what do you what do you need to talk to a child patience that's all all you need is patience because you can't skirt around this you can't skirt around first corinthians 13 13 is there's no way you can skirt around 13 13 absolutely no way around if you are in the kingdom of god now abide faith hope love these three but the greatest of these is love meaning the greatest of every virtue in the kingdom of god for humanity is love there's nothing greater than that nothing greater than that and you cannot skirt that and the baptism of the holy spirit is primarily god living through you and if this does not happen and we got everything else we still fail and we have to meditate upon these verses and apply it because this is the most important thing that we need to cry out to the lord from because you see that's why i keep telling pastors when i say no you can be an incredibly successful church and a pastor 
without the entire world knowing you. You don't have to be on Facebook, YouTube, Internet, TV, nothing. All you need to have is your fellowship, which God has given is an unbelievably loving, kind fellowship. And God loves that. He's very happy with you. And he keeps adding people from your community. Nobody in the world knows you. But God's eyes are on you. The first thing, if God wakes up, he looks at your church first because it gives me joy. Unless we see things from God's perspective, we will look at all the work outside and mistake that for the real thing. That is important. We are not taking the importance of it. But if it is not motivated by love, even that will ultimately fail. That's why we have to look at Romans, sorry, John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. You also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. God did not say you will be known by disciples by the structure of your ministry or the size of your church building. He didn't say any of these things. He said none of those things matter. He says for the first 300 years, most of them never had a church, a building. They were hiding and running. But he said you will know them. You will know them. Romans 13 and verse 5. 13, 5. Oh, not 13. It's, no? Love. Yeah. Yeah. In second. Uh, uh, love 8, yeah. 13, 8. Oh, no one anything. Except to love one another. For he loves another as who he who loves one another has fulfilled the law. Owe no one anything except the to love one another. You know what it actually it's a it's a setup. You know it's a setup? <laughs> actually. Owe no one anything except to love one another. If I decide to feel decide to love one another, we owe everything to one another. Everything to one another. Oh no one anything except to one another. Except to love one another. But he who loves another has fulfilled the law. And how do you how do you skirt these verses? You cannot skirt these verses. These are the verses on which actually the old saints and all struggled over. They were not worried about the gifts or anything. They were struggling over this because they knew when we stand before God, it's not the gifts. It's not that's not going to matter. This is what is going to matter. This is what is what life is about. One John four sixteen. Because this is not talking about emotions. This is talking about life. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God. And God in him. Because what happens is that we have to put all, everything is, all these things, the revelations are coming through John. Remember, okay? If you take only John 15, he who abides in the word, abides in me. I know the whole Bible by heart. But God says, if you don't abide in love, I am not in you. Pharisees knew the whole Bible by heart. But God was not in them and was not with them. Jesus also knew the whole Bible by heart. Jesus also knew the same Torah he also knew by heart. They also knew by heart. 
But the difference was God was with him and not with them. Why? Because he abided in love. So you have to balance this both. And God in him. That is why the first exposition of God through Paul about love is, love is patient. Love suffers long. Okay? Let me tell you practical things. We hate today's world, modern, 20th century. It's all because of all these gadgets and the way life has changed. And we allowed life to change us. That's a problem. We allowed the world to change us. Therefore, we hate interruptions. We say, test our patience. And we see people as interruptions. Jesus never saw people as interruptions. Remember, Jairus comes and says, Lord, please come, my child is dying. And Jesus is going, the child is dying. And somebody touches him. And he stops. He didn't see that as an interruption. He stops. Who touched me? Peter says, everybody, no, he says, no. And the lady, he allows the lady to speak, compliments her. Go, daughter, your faith has healed you. And he goes. Nowhere in the Bible you will see he sees people as interruptions. Nowhere. Because life is actually about interruptions. God will allow people to cross your path. Remember when David's final test before Saul dies is an interruption. Everything is dying. Everything is, everything is gone. Ziglag is gone. Burned. Wives. Children. Everything is taken captive. 600 men are downcast, discouraged. He hears the word of the Lord. He rushes. 200 men are too discouraged to follow. So he's cut down to 400 people on his greatest fight of his life so far. Number has come down by one third. And then there's a Egyptian fellow lying on the road. You are running to save the lives of your people. And he stops. That interruption changed his life. Think about, think this in perspective. Hardly do you find a person within the church, probably, who prays at the same hour on two consecutive days. Got it? Meaning if you can get ten people who will pray regularly at the same time, it will be a miracle. Yet God listens to everybody's prayers. Meaning we are interrupting God's schedule every day. You'll say, Lord, I will wake up at 5 and pray. You don't wake up. You pray at 6. He still hears. Next day you'll say, Lord, please, Lord. Next day you wake up and pray at 7. He still hears. I mean, God's entire life is full of interruptions. Full of interruptions. Can you imagine how God's, how Jesus' life was like, interrupted all the time? And still, in spite of it, we make a mess of our lives. And God is still patient with us. Look at one of the worst times, probably the worst time ever recorded in human history. Genesis 6, 5 and verse 11. 
6, 6, verse 5 and verse 11. The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. We haven't reached that stage yet, okay? The earth also was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with you know, that is also the time he showed his greatest patience, 120 years to build a boat. The longest in time terms, one of the longest construction projects ever undertaken by God and man, 120 years. Because God was long-suffering and kind. One of the most you, you always have to relate a person's reactions or response with his experiences. Experiences. Okay. You can't take a five-year-old child and a ten-year-old child and a fifteen-year-old child respond to the same thing in the same way because the experiences are different. Okay. Got it? Peter? Got it? So, the most rebellious generation in Israel's history was the first generation because of their experiences. No generation had experienced the actual hand of God like they did. And God was absolutely patient with them for 40 years. No generation ever in Israel's history had experienced what that generation experienced. They had seen what you would say in English, the raw power of God. And they rebelled. Their rebellion was perfect. <laughs> yes, God took care of them. Patient for 40 years. Please understand, this is so important because we confuse the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the power gifts. Power gifts. Born to realize the primary purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that is that we would be conformed to the image of Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. And it took, and it only, it only comes through relationships, human relationships. There's no other way. And our own Indian history will show us. They go to the mountains, they sit there in Upavas for what, 10 years, 15 years, 14 years, whatever time frame you're given in the Vedas and all. When they come over, they lose it. They just lose it. All the sages, if you look at them, were absolute failures in human relationships. Absolute failures. In Indian history. In human relationships, they were terrible failures. They were failures. Because it, it simply doesn't help. The character of God is never framed in isolation. This is what happened in the Middle Ages. What the church did is a lot of people withdrew from life and shut themselves in the monasteries. Nothing came out of it. One saint among 50,000 might, might have written a book. But nothing came out of their lives. Because it just simply doesn't work. Because how do you love God and how do you love man? That's the whole thing. And that's why... Like I said, all our children are different. <laughs> when you thought you brought the first one through, the next one is different. 
you thought you have you have experience because parents talk about having a look good gap between two children and by the time the first one is 5 years old i have learned what parenting is the second one is you you are the second one is nothing like the first one you have to learn it all over again and you will say oh why lord and god says you know what i'm teaching you not them be patient be patient you know that's why i always talk about my child of my old age that one taught me a lot of stuff i didn't teach her much but she taught me a lot of stuff like i know for those people who are hearing you do not know her name was madigal i used to call her madigal madulika but she was a often uh, dumped by her mother because of a cleft palate that child could one and a half hours of singing watching the youtube songs telling stories two hours I have to prepare for a message hoping this child will sleep. And when everything is over you look eyes are wide open. <laughs> and suddenly she says potty. I ask her one or two very smart two will not say one she'll say two because one is very short two takes time no says two. A two you cannot even allow them. If it is one you will say okay do it in your diaper it is fine I'll clean it. Do you can't do that too? So she'll always say too. So at midnight, here am I sitting in my chair. She's sitting in a potty. We both looking at each other. Is it over? Nothing coming. Nothing coming. Nothing. Twelve thirty. One. She's not bothered about your schedule. She simply doesn't want to sleep. Finally, I said it is. I'm sure could speak with her cleft palate. I don't think it's coming today. I said, "Okay, now get up, put it all back again in the bed." Fifteen minutes later, she is slept. Now you are thinking she will wake up late tomorrow. No, the next morning is the day she wake, decides to wake up first, five in the morning. Will you please turn around and go to sleep? Don't wake Grandma up. Palu. Shh. Palu. Okay, 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 okay. Palu, palu, come. Get up, get up. I'll carry you. You know how patient God is. <laughs> it's all our tantrums, it's all our craziness, and we talk. We we said we are tired of one child, two children, three. I am done. God says I handle seven billion every day. It took Joseph thirteen years to come out of bondage. The question is, did he come out more patient, more kind? or less so the holy spirit worked in him right we all know the answer so he was an incredibly successful person in the eyes of god because of what god had worked in him so please remember patience means long boiling point or a long fuse and what does impatience mean we have a short fuse a very low boiling as we come to an end efficiency 430 430 do not grieve the holy spirit of god by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption do not grieve the 
Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Okay, if you look at it in isolation, it is fine. Let's look at it in context. Read from verse 25 to 32. And 30 comes in the middle. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry. Do not sin. Do not let sun go down on your wrath. Not give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. If you look at the entire context, if you look at most of it is actually talking about conversation. Because life or relationship, life is relationship, and relationship is usually reflected in conversation. And God says, because you are impatient and unkind, we grieve the Holy Spirit in our conversation. That's why we grieve the Holy Spirit. And God is more interested in relationships than achievements. Chew on that for the rest of the day. God is more... That's what I said. I was... I watched. My wife was watching. I was working. and I was listening to yesterday's memorial service. And I was not looking at the snippets about all the crowds and all this, because all that awesome, wonderful, great understanding, whatever. I was looking at the other snippets. And his his pictures with his grandchildren and what his grandchildren actually said, and what his daughter said. And she was a rebellious child. I think, was it Naomi who gave the uh, eulogy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was the tough one. She was the one who didn't listen to him anything at all. She was the one who came in through last. She wouldn't, anything her father said, she said no. <laughs> Sometimes with the most difficult child is the one you need to be most patient. <laughs> These are the things that I was looking at and I was, I was really touched by that part of him. Really, really touched by that part of him. Love is patient and it is in English, when I used to do grammar with my students, I used to tell them, if I were to give them the sentence, I would also ask them to rewrite the sentence with love is not. Love is not impatient and unkind. Love is not impatient and unkind. This is not talking about one day or two days. This is when you reach a point where it becomes consistent. It becomes your life. Then God will say you are a kind man. Till then, no. We are kind. Occasionally. When we feel like. That's not what God is talking about. Jesus was kind. Regardless. Nicodemus, Samaritan, a leper, disciple, rich man, poor man, prostitute, cotton adultery, Issue of blood that can make you unclean. Boy, if it had been a Pharisee, 
you touch me you made me unclean <laughs> daughter your faith has healed you go in peace what a man right what a man understand this is the gospel this is the baptism of the holy spirit this is the baptism of the holy this is what we need to ask tomorrow if tomorrow you want to put it as an occasion as a day <laughs> the pentecost memorial you know you want to ask about it ultimately we'll say lord keep filling me with your holy spirit o oh lord and whenever i end my life first corinthians 13:4 to 8 should become true about me absolutely confident of your crown absolutely confident you don't have to worry about your ministry your gifts and how many people you brought in don't worry about leave all that to god you cannot measure there is no quantum physics for that you cannot measure any of these things but you will know these things can be measured don't tell me you don't know whether you are patient or not don't tell me you don't know whether you have grown in patience or not don't tell me we don't know whether you have become more kind or not we know all of us know that we can hide it but we know that <laughs> so this is the main thing this is the main thing and we ask god lord okay and this is what i talking about this is not even a human kindness or a human long suffering this is gods because there is a human long suffering there's a human patience but it fails that's why god says a new commandment i give you new commandment i give that says as he says look at me what i'm going to do is that you will see they didn't understand he says you will see in a couple of days i will lay down my life for you i lay down my life for you and that's exactly i want each one you know every one of them became that all of them became that every apostle became that and the first century church they became that they all laid down their lives for him and for one another one another they laid down their lives their love was patient long suffering and kind and god says you know what another time like the first century is here it's going to be persecution unlimited it's coming it's on the way for the church and god says you want to come through it It's only one way you'll not knowing the signs of the times it's not going to help you make any difference it is whether you have the sign of the sun inside this is who he was this is who he was so he came through it all you will also only come through it all if you have it amen let's pray father god we just come to you this morning we just thank you lord we just thank you in spite of all the issues lord you enabled us at least to go through radio maybe facebook but i pray lord and commit everybody who was able to hear and all who will be hearing subsequently in the coming hours coming days into their hands all of us the need is the same we are different motivated by different things made unique different life experiences yet our need and your answer to our need is the same we may not even know it but our need is your spirit the fullness of your spirit because when we walk in the spirit then we do not allow the works of the flesh to come out and the spirit, fruit of the spirit is manifested and your word says there is no law against these things there is no law against long suffering 
There is no law against kindness. Help us, Lord, to walk in the Spirit. That's our prayer, Lord. Thirteenth year is coming. And my prayer for the thirteenth year, we will rise up and build the kingdom of God within. It is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. And we will be motivated and empowered by your love. To that end, Lord, I commit your church. Thank you, Father. Be with us, O Lord. We pray for the internet that it will be restored, O Father, by evening. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, we worship you, we glorify you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.